Now the shotgun start in golf is full of mathematics. Um, there's a lot of a lot of setup work that we have to do in order to make a tournament work. So I'm going to demonstrate to you just exactly how we do a shotgun start here. And here we go. All right, all right, all right. Gentlemen, start your Greetings and welcome to a Friday edition of the Shotgun Start. It is October 6th. Andy, how are we doing? Brendan, I'm doing, uh, you know what, I'm not doing well. I'm not doing well at all. Well, the Bears are playing tonight. We're recording this on Thursday. The Bears are playing tonight on national TV. It's a disaster. It's the worst. It's, it's, I, I, I loathe national television games it's just it's an utter embarrassment what we're trotting out there our offensive line is a is a disaster it is it is so bad and they're playing one of the best pass rushes in the in the in the league it is going it is going to be a nightmare it is it is going to be so bad and uh yeah the, the redskin or the commanders aren't even a good team they're not even good and uh, they're going to, they're just going to absolutely punk us. You froze on me again. Wi-Fi. I think my Comcast, we've, we've, I've tempted fate here talking. You, you froze for about 10 it's- seconds, but yes, we've got multiple disasters. We have nightmare. We're at the 52nd mark of the recording here on a, we're, we're Thursday afternoon. As you said, with game is forthcoming. As you listen to this, it probably will have been done and dusted, but yeah, you got Jonathan Allen, Deron Payne, Chase Young. It's actually a pretty good defensive line getting after uh, the, Justin Fields or whatever. That's got the thing. Over there. Well, yeah. the thing that I'm worried about too is we're at, we're at a point of no return with this team. They are they I there's nothing redeeming about them. They're they're awful. They're awful. There's I've I've gone through the roster. There might be four four guys that would start for other teams like competent football organization. Oh, we might have, on. I'm serious. I'm serious. I've done it. I've done the exercise. It's like DJ Moore. We might have one offensive lineman. We might have one linebacker Edmonds, who's, you know, we're paying ungodly amounts of money to be way worse than Roquan Smith, who is getting 2 million extra a year. Thank God we did that Roquan. deal. And uh, we there might we have go. one one defensive back, and he's hurt. Jalen Johnson might play for other teams. There are four guys. There's four guys on the roster. There's I'll four what, that, to six that, guys. That kid from Illinois, speaking of DB, is just lighting it up for uh, Seattle. That was incredible. But, yeah. Hey, well, yeah, we, did we talk about this? Are we allowed to talk about this? We were with someone in New York last week who is plugged into NFL circles. And amongst one of these circles, who is somebody who works for a team or works in the league, somebody who suggested the Bears are going to win what more than six games five or, or six more games? than five? Like <laughs> someone who studies this for a living. I don't know if it was a data model or a, a eye test model of some scout, but suggested I, the I can't Bears stop are going thinking. to win. I can't stop thinking about this, and it's it's you know I what I'm thinking about here. And this applies to a lot of things in, in sports and life. Align misalignment. Misalignment of motives. The Bears will never fire someone in season. And that's the problem. We've got this guy, Eberflus, who's a complete moron. He's making Zach Johnson look elegant and uh and well uh, just like like Zach Johnson's got his shit together and in front of reporters. Eberflus is a disaster. And you know we have misalignment. This guy's coaching for his job. He should be gone. He should be fired already. And like, get the guy out. Get somebody that's like, hey, you know what? We're tanking. We're gonna go get Caleb Williams. Like, we're, we're yeah. this this year's done. But instead, we got guys like the GM. Who knows? The GM might be might be fighting for his job at this point. Ryan Poles. So we've got two guys that are going to be fighting for their jobs and not losing games like they should be. They should just be done with the year. This is, they're, half their team's hurt, 
And it's just been a bad thing. Justin Fields hasn't turned into what we want. You know, like I laid out what's going to happen. They're going to they're going to probably win week 17 against the Packers, lose the first pick. Then they're going to draft whoever the second best quarterback is. He's going to be a bust. They're going to trade Fields and Fields is going to turn into a competent quarterback somewhere else. And and it's, the cycle is going to repeat itself and I'm going to be in this football hell for another 20 years. God, you're all worked up. I didn't know we were getting all this Bears talk off the top. This is what we're recording earlier from. Yeah, I, I we got a lot to talk about in golf. There's a lot going on in golf, but let's let's get there. You got Tommy Ganey is teeing off with Cody Gribble and Sun Kane at the Sanderson. That is the trio. That is my oh. Sanderson tee time. We've got Sun Kane and Tommy Ganey, cheaters of a very different variety. So you know, Shaggy <laughs> Kane and the solicitor. Cheaters of a different. <laughs> Shaggy Kane and the Solicitor General um, are off together along with Cody Gribble in the middle there. So that's the Sanderson over across the pond. This is very early. The Dunhill links. Peter Uline playing alongside Andrew Waterman, the Waterman, <laughs> uh, is leads. He's they're tied for the lead with Adrian uh, with Adrian Naus and um, Steven Soderbergh's son Sebastian. You know what that is? It's um, a com- yeah. comfy pairing for Uline. That is a comfy pairing with the boss man. Like you see on the the uh, walking score on the placard, they just H-E. have H E. Yeah, I mean, come on, come on. Can I uh, can I introduce a, a dream scenario? Just an absolute yeah. dream scenario for this tournament. What we get, Peter Uline and and His Excellency duking it out against Billy Boy. And whoever he's paired with on the, over over the weekend, that's the foursome. That would be interesting. Do you think like oh Horschel's playing with his dad, Papa Horschel, <laughs> and His Excellency Father? You know, I it's hard to stun Billy into silence. I feel like playing with His Excellency could put him on his back foot to use him again. Put him on the back foot. Uh, I could like could have him like hemming and hawing, and maybe a loss for words if he was playing with, uh, with wa- with the Waterman. Um, that's your early Dunhill links. I don't have anything else. Billy really Billy Boy's one shot that. off the lead, just for reference. This is a, this is in the realm of possibilities through one round. There's a billion guys one shot. I mean, they're playing all sorts of different courses. Wilco knee neighbor, uh, you know, Summer Teeth. He's at uh, seven under. Cole Sertz, there's just a bunch of good names. It could be great coffee golf as we go into the weekend. Still early Thursday as we uh, as we record this. Um, we should just Wilco. We need to just start calling a different name. Maybe a maybe a Wilco like, song. Well, yeah. well, yeah. I've been mixing. We try to mix them in, like the airline <laughs> to heaven or whatever. We try to mix in little Wilco references every now and then. Um, all right, where where do we want to go? Maybe maybe uh, I don't know. I don't know. We'll figure it out. Can we submit start? submit your favorite Wilco song to be Lyric for us just to song. call. Yeah, yeah just to, that's what his reference neighbor right. can be called. Uh, where do we want to go? There's a lot to talk about. Can we? Can I think we, be- we should start with the JT stuff. That's the juiciest stuff. What's out the there, JT right? stuff? Just him tweeting out there, tweeting about Shipnuck. This is all that I think is probably. Probably the uh, the place really? to start. I don't know. Where okay. else do you want? Where do you want? I to just start? feel like I have I have I have takes on it that I just um, I don't know. I'm not sure it fit for public consumption right now. I don't think I don't like anything involved in this. I think the I think the subject of the the, the subject of JT's ire is the Kepka quote about the country club kids. Yes, and um, I thought the writing in that was a little. Um, I, I don't know. I, I like the likes of Justin Thomas or Jordan Spieth. And, if it's not uh, in the quote, if it's not in the quote, you can't. Right. So we, I don't. Well, I'm not a natural. Jur- I'm not a. I'm not a real journalist. Alan I'm more is, of a. Dose. Yeah, it's a. It's, I got the book. I've started it. Um, looks good. Um, but like that quote. Kepka could be talking about anybody, it, but he's not specifically referencing JT and Speed. But it's written in there the likes of, which is not saying he did talk about. But it's the readers jump into that. He just called I out mean, JT or Speed, and I don't JT. Think JT's yeah. dad was a head pro too. Yeah, it's not um, like he was like the you know 
Spieth, I it's think not like Spieth JT like, uh, grew up with like four country same. club memberships. And that, I, think, I think that's like the thing about that quote is like, wait a second. Like JT being, being the son of a head pro at a country club is a lot different than being a member. And like some of these guys, some of these guys grew up with like three country club memberships. That's not the way JT grew up. Yeah, I'm like getting texts about this from people involved as we're recording. So I'm all distracted. But yeah, I I, I don't know. Alan's got a new book out. Uh, Brooks seemed to dispute the quote. Um, JT seems pissed off. JT, like the part of his tweet that says bring positivity, like that's not that's not, not the good. point. As Alan rightfully refuted, um, like that's not the point. Like we're not here to like... Yeah, I'd love to tell more positive stories than bad. Quite honestly, I love appreciating golf, but like we're supposed to document, talk, well, and, and now I'm think, supposed to do that too. I think just in general, um, one of the things that's happening with media is it's just becoming more and more divided. Of like the line, I feel like the line was blurred for a while, and now it's becoming very much like there are there are places where you know, you're going to get commentary that is, you know, you know, really like comment, like take based commentary. And the other part of media is going to be access media, which access comes with hurdles, right? And part of the hurdles are like, if you piss somebody off, you lose your access. So like the tricky thing in media is like, you're kind of one or the other at this point, and it's hard to be both. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I have a lot of thoughts. This comes on the back of the, obviously, the, the Jamie Weir being in the, the thick of it at uh, um, the Ryder Cup, which well, I'm and, and Golf Channel. Golf Channel alone was in the thick of it. You know? With, what did they with, get? With the, oh, with the with the yeah Lakava Rory. Rory thing. I mean, before yeah, yeah. No, I mean we gotta get it right. We, I'm sure we say stuff that's incorrect on this podcast too. Uh, but try to get. So it right. we try and keep it under the veil Unsubst- of unsubstantiated rumors. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to. I don't want to. You know. You know. Give away our our tricks of the trade here, but unsubstantiated. You know, labeling things unsubstantiated provides some cover. But I do think, um, yeah. I do think by and large, it's to the benefit of, of often the players, often the games, the tour, the media, of course, if like the best, most honest stories are told. And so like, even if it's Netflix access, like it would have been to the benefit of, of the players to have some of that Netflix access. And it, it, it like, I, I don't know. That's just what I'm thinking, but we'll move on. Uh, I'm all distracted. Apparently Marco Simone, you seen this? There's a big fire next to Marco Simone. No way. Is this like a... You want to jump insurance? in? You want to jump into unsubstantiated rumor? speculation. I got an unsubstantiated rumor that the the family wants no part of owning Marco Simone, and it is uh, it is soon to be either no it is it's either you know short for this world or a potential sale and a fire would would kind of fall right into that. <laughs> it looks like to be clear, it looks like a grandstand, like tons of smoke. This is all over Twitter as we record it. Uh, well, let's just stick with Lark- Marco Simone. <laughs> this is a real Tony Soprano thing. It's on fire next day, next day, week after. Holy um, cow. Yeah. Oh my God. Right. It looks like a grandstand. I don't know. Um, but yeah, interesting that this is going on. It seems it's got its use and who knows? Wild spec, wild, reckless speculation <laughs> happening right now on the, on this podcast. But while we're at Marco Simone, let's do some cleanup from this. Freddie Couples, boom, boom, assistant captain Couples goes on his radio show and he dished a bunch of different little tea. My favorite was... Not a favorite, but it must amuse it. He calls him Little Harry Diamond. Quote, he calls him Little Harry Diamond, comma, who I love. This was a Freddie Couples did for this, what apparently this whole interview. He talks, he takes kind of like a poke and says, which I love. I love the guy to death. I mean, I love him. But he pops the guy and then says, I love him right in the next kind of clause. Um, he talks about, uh, he talks, he's obviously 
you know, has a relationship with Joe LaCava, right? They caddied together. He was his caddy for two decades. So he really was trying to defend LaCava and the whole Rory thing. He said, he asked Joe what was said. He said, Rory looked at him and said, move with the extra O a little longer. And Joe replied, relax, Rory. He said, I want someone, Freddie Couples, he goes, I want someone to tell me where anything that happened is disrespectful. I didn't see it. Patrick screamed, which he doesn't do very often. He tipped his fake cap. We were all in the front of the green. No one moved. We just took our hats off and made little circles with our hats. So last match of the day, we are getting absolutely hammered. Now we got a chance to get a half. But what did, what did, what? Did someone do a Justin Leonard run across the green? Patrick didn't. Is Justin Leonard, like, is that like a sort of the universal side for I don't know, going too far? That's the barometer. No, I don't, the I barometer thought, is an entire team rushing across the green. Not to open up wounds, but I think what Justin Leonard did was fine. I don't know about the rest of the team coming on the green. Whatever. Separate thing. Rory, this is Freddie. Rory, God bless Rory, because when he makes a putt in the Ryder Cup, he screams and yells and vamos and let's go and all that. That's what you should do. LaCava is standing, and I don't think he moved two feet. That's not true. That's just that's not a fair representation of what happened. LaCava moved more than two feet. He went in. He went back. He went back again. Uh, to be to be fair, fair. to be fair, Freddie, Freddie has been you know kind of a uh, all over the place, <laughs> providing misdirection for the last <laughs> two, three, two months. Yeah, people think he shushed Rory when he did that hand gesture. Little Harry Diamond, who we all love too. <laughs> Caddies for Rory. So he does the Rory, God bless Rory, little Harry Diamond, who we love. Caddies for Rory. And he chimed in. So Joe said, I don't have time for you. We're getting some color. We just had I, pictures. Now we have color. I don't have time for you. Lacombe what an asshole so. thing to Harry say Diamond. to somebody. What yep. an asshole. I don't have time for you. Then Joe turned to get Can out of the way. Can you imagine saying, hold on, hold on. Can you imagine what? like if you so started to use, no, just in, just in life, if you just started to tell people. Not when their emotions are high and the tension's high, but just in general, if you started to use the expression, I don't have time for you to people. I had a friend whose brother, older brother was like, like just an a-hole, kind of like one of the, like a-hole. And like, you'd start on the story and he'd cut you off middle sentence. You go some other time and just like move on. Like the big, it was just. Stop you dead in your tracks, make you feel terrible about people for, for the other person some other time. But yeah, I don't have time for you. Then Joe turned to get out of the way and Shane Lowry and Thomas Bjorn were screaming some things at him, which is fine. He always adds this, which I love, who I love, which is fine. But he's kind of also taking a this pop is, and complaining about it. This is, which the is having. Fine. This is the having said this episode of of yes. Curb Your Enthusiasm. I don't have any problem with Shane Lowry or Thomas Bjorn. They're protected number one player on their team, but no one did anything wrong. Lakava didn't bump into Rory, so now we're requiring physical contact. It wasn't t- two feet, but he requires physical contact. Lakava didn't bump into Rory. He didn't stand over him. It wouldn't be a fifteen yard penalty or for college football for taunting. I don't know if that analogy works, but whatever. He was six feet from him. Was Joe right? Probably not. But did anyone disrespect the European team? So then he gets mad. He goes on. This is a good interview. He, he was yelling at Bones, couples continued. It was just disrespectful with Bones' wife standing a foot from him, saying the words that shouldn't be said. Oh, now we're now we're like little kids with our, we need uh, earmuffs. Anytime someone curses. It's his wife. She's a grown Yeah, 60-year-old 60, 60 people need, <laughs> need to be shuddered now, from, you know, words. Here's Freddie continuing with this having said that. Now, I'm on Rory's side, too, because I love Rory McIlroy to death. But when you're incensed and you want to fight and you're going to say things, is that disrespectful? Um, and then he added that McIlroy also went at, uh, per secondhand, Ricky Elliott to Freddie, who tells it on the radio. Uh, Rory went at Ricky Elliott in the middle of the foyer of the hotel. So a little bit more color. About a move and, uh, you know, Joe saying, I don't have time for you or, or, you know, relax, Rory. I don't have time for little Harry Diamond. That's that's disrespectful. Uh, call him little Harry Diamond. I got to say that's that's fighting words. Um, but anyways, Fred Couples out with some actual color about what maybe was said in that confrontation. I mean, Harry got disrespected twice here. He got disrespected by LaCava. <laughs> yeah. And now he's getting disrespected by Freddie. LaCava was out of line. 
Lakava looks like a clown. <laughs> I wouldn't want to cross Thomas. If I had Thomas Bjorn and Shane Lowry next to me, I'm trying to shoot the A gap, and they're the ones I turn around, and they're there. I'm not. I'm not liking my chances with that one. But uh, that was where Lakava found himself. Some good color from Freddie Couples. Uh, all right, let's rip through some other news. We've got ESPN getting the TGL rights. Uh, it looks like it will be the first Tuesdays in January, Tuesday after the College Football National Championship, the Tuesday after the Monday Night Football NFL Wild Card Playoff game is what they're that. So they don't have a schedule outside of that yet, but um, they also have this arena. There's images of you know released of the arena. SoFi is the big present. Like we're on to the Charles Schwab challenge presented by this, that, and the other. The the, the the title is getting lengthy in these press releases, but SoFi has signed on the SoFi Arena or whatever it's called. But we have two um, two dates, and we have a rights partner in ESPN, which is good. Two-hour broadcasts, um, and they added six more players, too, today. So TGL making moves with Fleetwood, Hatton, Lowry, and Kim. Not six, four more players. So we got commitments, we got Arena, and we have a rights partner. You have anything to add on that? ESPN, ABC, getting behind it a little bit with the preview show seems like a good, good thing. Yeah, I mean, anything at this point that's not on NBC, I'm a fan of. Oh my god! Uh, NBC's betrayed my trust. They've they have they've ruined. They they have an un, unbelievable you know uh, skill at, at at ruining golf right now. So anything as, that's not NBC, I'm a big fan of. As uh, Sports Business Journal's Josh Carpenter pointed out, I mean that's the Tuesday after Kapalua, and they just announced Tom Kibb and all these guys and Rory. Obviously, Rory doesn't usually play Kapalua, but a lot of those guys are going to play Kapalua. And this arena is in Palm Beach. You know who's not playing Kapalua? Who? Also? Who? Tiger. Right. Yeah. Tom, but just think it game it out. I guess they'll pick Tuesdays that aren't after um, well, they're signature events. Guys are going to have to deal with uh, Flying East. It's so fun. <laughs> I don't know what they're going to do. I, I guess they got one day. They got Monday. They could just fly yeah. all day Monday. You know what? What are we talking about? I mean, it's not like it's not like they're. I I would say it'd be tough if they were playing Monday night, Tuesday night. They're fine. It'll be the middle of the day. It'll be hours wise, the middle of the day in in Hawaii. Okay. Other news. Lexi Thompson is going to play the Shriners uh, in Las Vegas. This is announced. Uh, Peter Peppy Peter is getting aggregated for talking about these fall events like. Oh, he, he got totally, to- totally run. This is the no problem context. with aggregation. Right, right. He called it, he said like events, he caught himself. He said the word gimmick, that this was a gimmick. Uh, Quickly but he himself, corrected like, It's not himself. a gimmick, I, you know, but like going to these lengths to try to get, you know, quote unquote publicity, juice, whatever for some of these fall events. It is a publicity play. She's never. This is her first PGA Tour event. I actually thought for some reason she had done this. I did played too. Everything since she was, you know, thirteen. You know what it is. Late. You know what? why we think this? Why? Because the shark shootout. Oh, what do you mean? She plays in the shark PGA shootout. Tour event. It's technically <laughs> yeah. a PGA Tour. That's event. why we think that. I think, but yeah, I mean, I I have to say, like, I don't want to like. This is great. It's great for like the women's game. Anytime uh, LPGA player plays on the PGA Tour, it's eyeballs, it's interest, and everything. I'm just gonna say, like, I mean, Lexi Thompson barely kept her card this year, right? Like, right. If we're gonna if we're gonna pick somebody to play, like, can we pick somebody that's at like the top of their their game, top of the top of the women's game? And and I think that's would be my only my only point. Here, I believe- but I do think like Lexi is one of the few players like where she has the horsepower off the tee that it, it you know she could play a seven thousand yard course. I mean, Summerlin is one of the shorter courses, which is obviously helpful, but she does hit the ball far enough like that she could play back in it, and it won't be as uh, as as a challenge in terms of the increased yardage. Um, but like it would be great, it would be great if it was somebody that was um, you know one of the top five players in the world. 
Right. Right. Um, I think I saw it was the fifth, uh, fifth woman to uh, play on a PGA tour. I don't think any of them have made the cut. So Annika, uh, Michelle, we, who else? I don't know. A babe. Uh, I think babe's the maybe was someone mm-hmm. way back when who uh, competed. I don't know. She maybe made the cut. I didn't have all the details there. Um, what else do we have? The world champions cup. Uh, uh, I guess we should talk about the champions tour. Tim Aquana defaced. Did you see that this morning? It was terrible, terrible situation. What is, why are people? Well, I guess they va- vandalized the nursery too. It's somebody that knew what they were doing because they vandalized oh, really? like the, yeah, the, re- the, the like the turf that they would and, be able to yeah. replace it with. It's yeah. awful. Jeez, someone I like some wonder sort of who's person. doing that. Do you think not it was a friend like a, of Furick? Furick and friends. Not a friend of Furick doing that one. Do you think it was a jealous uh, neighboring course? No, no, I hope not. Um, Mad they, mad they thought they were friends with better friends with Furyk than Tim Aquana was. Peter Dawson says that the o, the chairman of OWGR says a decision on Live is very soon. We're coming close to a conclusion on it, and that's all I can say. So no real clarity there, other than we'll have a decision. What do you think? Are we in a new era now where Live is going to get rankings points now that they've been uh, officially stamped? I, I see their ads on every major golf website now that. The ads that people are mocking that? and laughing at, you know, a year ago with the little should girl we start, asking what Should we start reach out and see if we could do some live ads? <laughs> speaking of. Get an influx of some, some infuse some capital. Here. Speaking of ads, you were there last week in New York with your little shaker bottle every morning. Even, even at one in the morning, you were, this was a rough schedule. It was not an ideal schedule for your, he- your health, not an ideal schedule for your diet. Um, but you had your AG one ready to go. You had your little shaker bottle. You were what traveling. I was traveling. These are times that are hard to stay kind of on a routine on a schedule. You know what helped me do that? AG one and where I like what I was really going for with the AG one last week was gut health. I wanted, wanted to maintain gut health, wanted to stay just like feeling great about what's going on with my myself. So I I was I brought the travel packs, which are a great thing. You get you get free travel packs when you give this a try. You get five free travel packs that are super convenient. They make kind of staying in your routine. The hardest thing as somebody that travels a lot is on the road a ton. Like I think the hardest part about traveling is is keeping the routine that you like you want when you're on the road. And something that's helped me this year a ton with it is AG1. Um, and I feel just generally better because of, you know, by keeping this routine going, especially when I travel. It, it's a foundational nutritional product. You go to drinkag1.com slash shotgun. You get one year supply of vitamin D and five free AG1 travel packs. I had a, I had like friends like question me, like, does that really taste like, that tastes like shit, right? That is like, no, it's actually, it's completely fine. It's completely um, consumable, not bad at all in the morning. R- let it rip. Uh, got a bunch of people who are like kind of fitness folks, fitness freaks around me. The friends of my kid, friends, kids, parents, and all that. So they've asked for packs. I've given to them. They're on board. Go to drinkag1.com/shotgun and you get that one-year supply of vitamin D and five free travel packs. Help support your immune system. All right. Uh, one other thing I saw percolating. Do you think Luke Donald gets a repeat captain? Apparently, the chairman of the European Tour or something competition suggested this is uh, eminently possible. So he would be a captain, I guess, at Beth Page. Why not? Yeah. Continuity, keep the good Makes vibes sense. going. At the end end of the day, does like does like how they feel about Luke Donald, the team, how they performed? Would keeping him on a captaincy? Would you give it a, a one point advantage? Do you think it it's worth one point? I don't know how much it's worth one point. Right? Maybe a half point, something. Okay, if it's yeah. a half point, it's worth it, right? Yeah, every and it's, especially when you're trying to win an away Ryder Cup, as Rory said, it's the hardest thing, one of the hardest things to do in golf. Like we're seeing, like you know, a close Ryder. We said that was a fairly close Ryder Cup, uh, and they won by five points or whatever. You know. Yep. Yep. Um, 
And it seemed like everybody up on the dais after the celebration was like, yes, absolutely. And they are, I mean, the players are throwing it out there, right? Like they're not being think, pushed or prodded or asked about it. They're putting it out there. Then it seems like it's. Do you, you know, think Zash should, should go again? <laughs> Zash might lead to like, you know, a Yankee stadium turns on Aaron Boone. Like they might lead to the rabid New York fans, like really turning on their own. That could be, that could get ugly. You know, it could get bad. With, with they're shouting down at him like he's, I don't know, Jason Garrett coaching the Giants or something like offensive coordinator of the Giants. So, yeah, that could get ugly. Um, what about uh, we? They should have uh, they should have Tom Coughlin be the be the U.S. captain. I love Tom Coughlin. <laughs> Proud BC, great BC coach, legendary BC coach. So, <laughs> any other, any other New York, uh, New York icons that should be the American captain, or at least in the in the assistant mix. Well, Joe Torre, Joe Torre, roll Joe Torre out there. <laughs> roll, roll might be the verb. I don't know. Like he's getting up there. Um, uh, I don't know. No, th- like there is a point to be made that. Is it really essential to have a golf mind be the captain? Like, of course, you need golf minds in the room. But you don't need a, the, you don't need any golf minds to play buddy ball. If you're if you have to put JT and Jordan Spieth together, at all because they're friends, and you have to put Scheffler and Burns together because they're friends, then what yep. what do you need a captain for? To be completely honest, if you look at the U.S. bearings this year, there was no need for a captain. Right. Right. Uh, I mean, that's the other thing. Fred Couples just making Michael Jordan assistant captain out of nowhere, just on a whim, calls him. I was like, I said, MJ, you're captain now. And then he's a captain. And the boys all loved it. So I don't know. I think maybe DJ Khaled, if you want to go the prime route, he seems DJ Khaled with uh, Blocky as an assistant. I was going to throw Blocky out there. (laughs) Blocky's in Cutter, just. Doing F1 What's stuff. he doing? The guy, I, he's like, I don't know. Clearly some activation. He's posting all his food and he's being wined and dined and cutter. He got flown out there. He's part of the F1. I, he's an international celebrity. Can, they're can they're taking ask, him out to F1 races. For God's sakes. Can I ask a question? Yeah. How, how do how do I become, get a blocky moment? What would I have to do to have, to reach this blocky fame? I mean, the guy, the guy earned like he, he burst through the. It wasn't like just because he was being a doofus somewhere. The guy played his ass off. So, like, right? if I say say I qualify for the U.S. Open next year, I make the cut. Do I need a hole one too? Like, is that all? Like, to, what what's the finish barometer? I mean, the same same goes for like Chris Solomon and No Leg Up or Bacon. Like, how what do what do we need to do? Like, we starting we're starting at a higher baseline than Blocky was, right? Well, yeah, you're already as one anonymous quote in the <laughs> Shipnuck book. What a shitty little podcast fan bo- uh, po- fanboys on their shitty little podcast? Um, yeah, so we're so starting you got a baseline the- for that. Yes, um, yeah. I don't know. You probably need a whole one. You probably need to make the cut. <laughs> You've already like, got a little bit of a following, and then you got your blocking moment. Then a blocking moment. Then yeah. that's the, that's the playbook. Yeah. Well, um, the problem is we don't have like a Royal Trabuca for people to go back to. Right, like we don't right. get to have the like the live stream. I don't think it's possible. Actually, now that I think about it. No. This one, blocking no, was the perfect golf, storm. A one one a one moment that we'll <laughs> mem- yes. remember for. Decades at this point. Oh, de- for the rest of our lives, we're not going to be allowed to forget it. If we, whether you want to remember it or not, he's going to be around, as you've said. Um, all right, should we do some golf advice? You want to get the golf advice? A little Friday golf advice? Send your emails to sgsgolfadvice at gmail.com. We have a, a full inbox, even if you sent it six, eight months ago. It's tagged. We are going through things. Ah. We may come around to it, but keep sending it. Maybe bump it. To the top of the inbox, as a lot of PR folks do, circling back, just wanted to refresh you on this. You know what I hate? What? I hate the the people that send you emails, like, forward, you know, and it's just a regular email. These are all these sales tricks, right? Or re, like they're replying. It's like, you know, that, that incites me. That makes me upset when I open it and it's like not a reply. Right. Right. But anyways, 
that's a, another side. We might put these up on uh, on YouTube. We'll see if we can actually do that. You know, I also I want to apologize. I got to issue an apology. I didn't catch Brendan's gain was like you know in the in the basement last episode. Maybe your like, gain was just in the uh, through the it roof. Was, it wasn't. Mine was it was normal. mine was proper. Mine oh, was set God. up properly. I check my gain before we record. You know, as a responsible podcaster might. You know, you might, meanwhile, just were basically, a, you know, you basically were on mute. And I had to, I did my very best in, in the, the three minutes that I put towards editing to, to raise your, your audio levels through the roof. They're now, one could say, one could say, one, I could issue an apology and say, maybe I should have spent more than three minutes, but that's not the nature of this podcast. Yep. Yeah. Speaking, All right. I want to start a new segment, Pet Peeve Friday. We're talking about your emails. I think we're going to start Pet Peeve, Pet Peeve segment. Well, we got to bring Flashback Friday back, too. Yeah, we'll do that. Too. We'll do that next year. We got to bring angry. Spotlights. Spotlights are going to come back. Pet you know? Peeve's going again. Spotlights are coming back. Trevino research is fast to pace. We're on our way to Trevino part two at some point. Got to make year. sure. That's, that's, yeah, we got to bring this, bring the spotlights back. Yep, absolutely. Take those. All right. All All right. right. Let's start with a quick fun one here. All right. uh, Title, Boss Hit Me with a Putter. (laughs) HR claim. No real names. 35, one kid, brawler status, TBD. (laughs) I work in public accounting and our firm very graciously sponsors teams for tournaments pretty much every time we ask. Recently, our four-man scramble uh, squad was me, Two typical, uh, two, my two typical boys and a partner of our firm. Said partner is around our age, usually a good hang, an okay golfer, and one of those guys that loves to dish shit out. Beers are free flowing, the course is beautiful, and we're playing on a Monday, so everyone is feeling pretty good. I tend to be the goof of the group. So when my when the partner hits it closest on a par three, I pretend I'm going to kick his ball off the green. The partner swings his butter at my ankle and makes uh, his first solid contact of the day. Weeks later, weeks later, everybody's hit their ankle with a club. It is it, Even when it's just like a little nudge, there's nothing I hate more than when you're like practicing chipping and you hit your ankle. It's, it's awful. It's an excruciating pain. Um, Weeks later, the bruise still looks disgusting and my ankle still hurts. He never apologized. Though maybe him buying one $4 beer was his way of doing so. So if this happened to you, do you let it go? Do you make a formal complaint? Or corporate structure be damned, change your fight status to ready to rumble? (laughs) I... I, uh... I don't think the non-apology. The, yeah. he didn't. He smoked you in the ankle with a club and didn't apologize. I don't think I could let it go in the moment. I think I would react like that. Shit hurts when that happens to myself. In the moment, I'd be like, "Jesus, what the hell are you doing?" I don't think I could let it go. Like my visceral reaction to that pain or that. Suddenly being hit with a golf club intentionally, it seems quite intentionally, not an accidental swing to and fro. I mean, I would be like, what, what the, the guy hell, doing? man? Ow. What was he doing in the moment to where he's swinging a club at your ankle? Well, you thought this guy thought he was fake kicking his ball to kind of goof around, right? Yeah, but and he's swinging, lost, lost his swinging head. the club at your ankle. Is it's an a intentional Joe moment? The boss lost his head. He didn't know where he was on the. He just lost his head and went too far. Um, I mean, I assume he, the guy, like, kind of probably had to almost go down if somebody I, swang it at the, at the ankle, right? You, what, who is intention? Whose reaction is to intentionally swing a club at someone for anything, unless you were being, um, you know, attacked or being approached menacingly? You just like, why is that guy? This guy might have be one sick puppy. He may have some weird, weird tendencies. If he's his reaction is to jump to swing at a club at somebody for fake kicking a ball or even real kicking a ball. You can't start swinging clubs at people unless it's self-defense. I mean, the thing about this is there's no good resolution at this point. It's weeks later. 
He's never you, apologized. You react in the moment and then you're done. Yeah. 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 Like the only time to react is in the moment because at that point, this is injustice. Like he could be passive aggressive and be like, you know, like at least I haven't swung a club at your ankle. But what good is that going to do at this point? There's nothing good. You've been hobbled for weeks from this. I couldn't imagine. I could not imagine how angry I'd be for weeks if somebody swung a club at my ankle and I couldn't move around because of this. I, and I was in I think pain you look for, for a new weeks. job. Look for a new job. I don't know what your financial situation is, but I think you'd like I would hold this against this guy forever. I would I would I, this would be a black mark against this guy forever. I would would you subtly what, like bring up I the fact that your ankle is still bruised too. in the I office need some would you try to show him? What was his reaction? What would like the guy is in just extraordinary pain? Like the guy, how did he not apologize? What did he say? Would you try to bring it up in the office? Like, hey, man, no, I still got this bruise. I mean, like, kind of maybe coy. But like, what's what is he going to get out of it? What's he getting out of that? Right. Some recognition that the guy did this that he did shouldn't have because it, it seems like he never got that at all. In which you know, once you don't react in the moment and say like that was that hurt, unacceptable. I think you're kind of up a creek. So that, w- would you have changed your brawling status to get to this question? Um, for this individual, I might. Facing this similar circumstances or the next bridge you cross with this guy where maybe there's a point of contention, my status might be updated to potential for um, some, I don't know, some rumbling, a little bit, loose, light rumbling, so light tussling. So, yes, for this guy, this guy needs to be dealt with. So. All right, All what right. else we got? I'm going to go, this is a, this is a, a club. This is, I feel like this is just a controversy at any golf course. It's the handicap czars, the handicap committee, you know, the, the things of like you, if you go, you must post a score. So the other day, a buddy of mine received an email from our club. See attached from the apparently newly formed handicap committee. The email notified him that the committee is now reviewing Gin scores against recorded check-ins at the pro shop. So if you check in at the pro shop, you better post a score. <laughs> and that he played on a recent date and not posted a score. For the context, my buddy has not taken part in any MGA games or rounds that would have impacted any members at the club. I didn't believe him at first and just thought this was a one-time situation. And he had pissed off a member in a game. But sure enough, on the MGA website, there's an announcement with members of the handicap board. I, for one, find this to be egregious. For starters, the formation of a McCarthy-like committee to monitor handicaps is lunacy. Second, how are you going to tell me every time I step foot on the course, I must post a, a gin score? What if I want to go out and practice, hit two balls, or God forbid, play a scramble? Am I wrong here? Do other clubs have formed committees against sandbaggers? In my opinion, handicaps have long been a part of the honor code. Sandbaggers will always exist, but they are usually easily identified, especially if they play at our club frequently. In no way am I sandbagging, am I for sandbagging, but I feel the formation of the Big, Big Brother Committee is a far worse scenario than having a few sandbaggers at a, at a course. All right, I think that's enough. What's to be done here? Uh, do we stop the spread of, of committees of golf evil? Um, I think handicap committees are pretty commonplace at golf clubs. I, I this isn't like some ex, some extreme. This is thing. insane. I think they're insane. But the rules, I I I have dubious of that they're this stringent. Like if you set foot on the course, you got to post a score. I think. Well, I our email the, may be getting a little carried away. This is the email. The handicap committee is now reviewing scores. Um, according to the pro shops check-in records on on Friday, fill in the date. You played on that date, but did not post a score to Gin. If this is incorrect, please respond and let me know so that I can notify the pro shop. If this is correct, please post your score as soon as possible. And in the future, ensure you post your score on the same day of play. I, I mean, that's I the email he got. Do I think there are, there are sandbaggers? Yes. 
do I think there are, I think vanity handicaps seem to be more of a, a, a prevalent problem. Not, I don't know if it's, it's too problem, low of handicaps. It's much more prevalent these days. Maybe that's just where I live. Maybe it's the vanity of where I live. Uh, but it feels like these guys uh, are like coming in. And I know, you know, the cap, usually it doesn't reflect your worst scores often, but vanity handicap seems to be a big thing. And while we're on the subject of vanity, I want to, I want to pet peeve Friday. Stop. I've seen this creep up. People are putting bumper stickers or magnets of their country club on their cars, on their various SUVs. I think that needs to stop. That's ridiculous. I want to nip this in the bud before I've seen it around me. That's ridiculous. Put in your country, like bumper, like your kids, softball team or soccer team. Okay. But I've seen country club. Anyways, vanity handicaps. There are, those exist. There's going to be sandbaggers. I just like, we don't need to become handicapped Nazis about this thing. We just don't. We don't need to be like, you post a score and it's got to be that. When did the day of thing become so prevalent? Like you have to get it in five minutes when, once you're off the course. Can we can we talk about something too? It's just, a, it's like a gray area. I don't what, think it needs to what be is so this, militant. What is this doing? This is like the perfect example of, um, hey, we need to stop sandbagging. What should we do? And it's 12... You know what? I'm just going to say it. Twelve. Uh, we're all idiots. I'm an idiot. It's 12 idiots from a board at a club or whatever the number sitting around. They're all lawyers. They're doctors. They're they're experts in other professions thinking that they, you know, th- this is the way to stop sandbagging is, you know what we're going to do? We're going to make everybody post their score immediately. Guess what sandbaggers do? They'll just go on there and post a wrong score. Oh, I shot 85. Oh, I shot 90. You know? Or they'll put around on a green and, and, and a couple greens. They, they finish triple, triple, double. Like, this is not stopping sandbagging at all. This is doing just, nothing. This is doing nothing to alleviate the problem. The best way to, I think, fix fix problems like this, just play handicaps at like 60%. We are all, look, we're all very, we're competitive people. You're competitive. I'm a competitive person. But this goes to the fights on the course. This goes to people screaming at each other about gimmies and what that's good. It's a recreational (laughs) pursuit. And I get it. There's sandbaggers or D-bags that they're trying to game it for $500 in pro shop credit or whatever it is. And there's real competitions happening at these clubs. But the stakes are not that important. It's a recreational pursuit. I don't think, A, you shouldn't be sandbagging your D-bag for that. Uh, But I get that there are people at these clubs that like, hey, we're all trying to play under the same sort of rubric here. And we're playing for real for prizes and whatever, plaques and shit like that. They want to be make sure the accounting is on the up and up. And I just think we got to be less intense about it. Less intense. Well, but I, I mean, this is this exists in all recreational sports. If you play pickup basketball, there's always the guy that just hacks you every time you down the floor. Guy. You're not gonna, you're yep. not gonna call a, a a foul on him all the time. Like it's just like you're gonna be just like you know, like dude, stop. Like the what what needs to happen? What is a far better example to set? Just call people out, right? If somebody is an 18 handicap and over the course of the year, he shoots 78 in like three member events. You know what? Have have the stones to be like, you know what? This guy, this guy's a clear violator and call him out. You know, I know. it's got to be so clear for me. The burden of proof is high. Shame. Once you, it's bad when you call a guy a sandbagger. He had the round of his life. I think is like it's really well, there's it one, one occasion. It's a label that attaches itself. Yeah, I know. It's one I know. occasion. You got to really like, have a, a file on them. You really, before it, you throw that out there, in my opinion. This is also one of the reasons why, like, handicaps, just in general, are like, they're detrimental. They can be detrimental. They're like, handicaps are great in the sense of, like, they allow any, any level of skill player to play against each other. But, like, when you get this series about handicaps, you ruin, like, the joy of the game. Like you're telling me every time I have to go to my club, I have to like play a stipulated round of golf. Like screw that. Like 
I, if I want to go out and play with four clubs, I'm going to go out and play with four clubs. If I go play with four clubs, I have to post the score. Is that really, you want me to do that? You want, if I go play with my persimmons, I have to post the score to my handicap, even though I'm playing completely different equipment. Like if I go, you know, play with my daughter and she's five and, and she's putzing around, I have to be putting everything out myself. Like what yeah, is don't. going on and why, how could 12 people sit in a room and possibly think that this is a good policy? This is awful. It is horrendous. And like, what if I play six holes? Do I have to tell somebody? Like I'm, I pay, no, well, I say I, I pay a thousand bucks. Say I pay a thousand bucks a month to be a member of this club. And I got to tell somebody like, do I need to email the handicap committee? FYI, I was out there. I didn't post the score because I played six holes. You know what? My wife needed me to come home and I stopped my round. What do you want me to do? Do I have to ask permission to do different things on the golf course? This is insane. It's awful for golf and every handicap committee should be should be revoked and, and they should be banished and anybody that's a part of a handicap committee should be ashamed I, of themselves. No, I think you can be... No, no. You can have a committee... I think because there are D-bags out there trying to run a follow the rules. I just think you have to not be insane about it. You got to post that day if you set foot. Like this committee seems drunk on power. And that's like literally the best use case for a country club if I belong to one would be like going to play like four holes. Three and that's a half holes. Pur- that's six the whole holes purpose. With my kids every like, yes, that's like, I, I guess I just wouldn't have a handicap and never play in it. I don't know. Like I just, yeah. You can't be intense about you were set foot on the grounds. You got to post the score. So you checked into the pro shop. I, you know what I would start doing? I would start checking just into the pro shop every day. <laughs> just, just, just walk people. around out there for 30 minutes and then go get in your car. That's, this is actually how you get back at the handy overzealous handicap committee is just start fucking around with them. Just put them in hell. This is what you signed up to do. So. All right. All right. Good one. <laughs> All right, last one here. I am 27 year old, uh, 27 years old, single, no kids, not interested in physical altercations, but I do enjoy arguing. And then he oh. put in parentheses, probably why I'm single. <laughs> All right, I'm going to try and keep this pretty anonymous. Um, okay. He's organizing a, a g- golf trip with 12 friends to a popular resort in the Southeast. Um, for context, this group primarily uh, consists of fairly serious golfers. Um, we're all decent players, enjoy playing high-end courses, and will bet moderate amount on the golf course. Um, there's a few, you know, there's a core group, four or five of us that have already gone on a few trips together over the last few years to a bunch of great international and domestic destinations. This story below provides some context uh, to the question I have. Uh, so we went to a golf resort and we were betting anywhere between 20 and $50 around one of the guys, uh, in, in our, in the group, we'll call him red was playing a match against the Italian. Their match was all square after six, but red won the fifth hole and held honors on the tee. The Italian tees off before red on the seventh tee and hammers a ball down the fairway. So he's, He's violated the rule in match play of who gets to tee off first. They're... Red goes to the tee uh, to tee off, and he says, "You know, it's the honor system. This is my tee box, and I could have you play your shot again." The Italian says, "Are you serious right now?" Red explains the rules and that this is the third time in the round that the Italian has broken the rule. So he's just popping them. Red puts his tea in the ground, and the Italian says, am I in your head right now? So the oh, Italian's huh. rationing this up. There's blood on both hands here. <laughs> and Red picks up his tea and says, fuck it, re-tea. <laughs> <laughs> this from, is a now, story. from now on, there's a consistent argument amongst the core group on how to cultivate the perfect hang for these trips and we should not be inviting guys like red the argument has been polarizing within two different camps 
One side of the argument is led by the, the big guy who believes the golf trip should consist of only people that uh, are great hangs and everyone should get along naturally. Therefore, we should only invite those who are easygoing and general fun to be around golf with. The opposing side of the argument is led by the scout. I don't know who these guys are. <laughs> they got all these names. <laughs> Disagrees with the big guy and thinks we need to invite a few villains to create some tension and animosity on the trip. I don't know. I think it's going to be good for the content gods, right? Um, per the scout, the role of the villain is like the uh, WWE heel. Guys like Red in our story above take the golf too seriously. Call people out for rules of violations of the golf course. Engage in unwanted conversation that will uh, that will result in arguments such as politics and have a selfish demeanor regarding which courses to play and where they want to eat and the lo- and how the lodging is arranged. The scout argues further that it's unnatural for everyone to just get along. He believes that some tension between a group of 12 guys is a good thing because it helps provide context for any betting games we engage with and serves as a perfect foil to the happy once-in-a-lifetime experience many in the group partake in by going to these elite courses. He further adds that we have stories like this one about Red where we can reflect and, and laugh about now. What's the per- so the question is what's the perfect balance on a trip like this? How many villains, if any, should we bring to this upcoming trip? I mean, I love content. I like. <laughs> I mean, I love the content. God, I mean, if the villains, uh, you don't want to be on the other side of the villain. It kind of makes the trip a little more interesting. I mean, this is a good story. Ret. It's a great question. Back and forth, two guys back and forth. Um. I think generally you probably just want a good hang, right? You don't want drama. You don't want issues. You don't want tension, right? Where are you at on this? I think it's a, it's a great question in the moment, in the moment. It depends on what you're going for, right? If it's an, in the we moment, just did this, like this bit on, it's a recreational pursuit. Like let's <laughs> chill out everybody. And now we're like, we're trying to cultivate, you know, <laughs> basically this the Ryder Cup situation that the, the stakes are as high as possible. But go ahead. All right. In the moment. So in the moment, I think you just want people of a similar ilk. Like I uh, like there's nothing better than when you're playing a round of golf and there's like casual stakes and and everybody like cares enough, but nobody cares too much. And it's like a fun match. And then afterwards, you're just hanging out. There's no awkwardness. Like, okay, so like now I'm kind of talking myself into like, you don't want anybody. You don't want anybody that's rocking the boat. Rocking the boat. Yeah. Now I I will say this. When I think back to some of my most memorable (laughs) rounds of golf, (laughs) there is controversy. I think I told the story of two buddies who were like really good golfing buddies. (laughs) Really good. Like we played regular money games. I like this one. Almost coming to to fist fight on the 17th green. All over whether a ball should have gone in the hole. Like it was a, an, almost a whole one. The ball hits the flag. One guy, yeah. the guy that hit it is like, I got totally robbed. It should have gone in. The other guy's <laughs> like, you're lucky it's not over the green. And they never have spoken again. Never have spoken again. Almost got in a fight. And I like think story. about, I regularly think about that round of golf. So I think it depends on what you're going for. If you want like memorable stories, I think you want to have some of those people in. I mean, you got to have controversy, right? For the if, golf if everybody, inbox. I mean, if everybody got along and there was no, like if there, if the Rory thing in, didn't happen, if Patrick Cantley was just, you, you know, Hey, I'm cool with whatever you want. PGA. I'm, I'm, you know, and Xander didn't have this, like the Ryder cup would have been a lot less memorable and interesting. If, if Phil wasn't hitting quack hooks, at had uh, at Paris and was just like you know blending in with the with the rest of the high level play. We wouldn't remember remember that as much. So I think it just depends on what you're going. What dynamic does the group want? And this is where you're divided, right? And that's the hard thing. So if I'm gonna yeah. say like, I think you got to have. If you, it seems like the balance needs to be, you have a villain or two. The important thing is you can, you have to have. 
the the group it sounds like 12 guys you gotta have like a 10 to 2 so you can just overrule the villain and be like no you're an idiot like get out of here like they can't they can't become a high number in this group that overrides the the enjoyment that you're gonna have yeah i think you could probably you could uh, yeah you could try to introduce a subtle element of uh, something you, you don't go for the all and out all and out like a-hole that you guys you just know is a bad guy he's gonna be an a-hole but maybe you look for the guy that maybe gets a little too competitive uh, i have some field i can do field research on this this weekend i'm going on a, the two neighborhood dads <laughs> you're going to myrtle 50. beach i'm, I'm revealing am. your locale i am i'll be down there i've never been there before but two neighborhood dads turn 50 and we're going and there's like i don't know it's a bunch of guys some I do know, some I don't. Some are competitive. Some I think majority don't care about golf that much. So it could be interesting. We're doing the whole, I think Ryder Cup thing, or I don't know, teams. So it could, I'll have some field research. Are you on a captain? So. Are you no? Do you have any no. strategies? What are you going to bring to the team room? I'm going to try to lay low. I'm going to try to just sneak through and sneak out. I don't, I don't need to be given any impassioned speeches. If I if I don't make uh, if I'm not the subject of any all golf advice emails, I'll be happy. But yeah, first time. Can I ask you there. a question? Have they yeah. been trying to because you're in the golf industry trying to fling responsibilities your way? Yes. Yeah, I, I don't know. Like, I, I didn't. I've, I have four kids under ten, and I'm pretty useless with any out of like responsibility outside of them and work. So, uh, no, these guys have organized it. It's been great, but uh, I didn't come through. For to be fair, I didn't come through with anything. I was of no what, use what to them. What were they any. asking you for? I don't know. I, I figured I could have set up golf, but I didn't get around to it. I think they wanted me to set up like the games. I didn't get around to that. Uh, but we got a great thing scheduled. I think a good company. It'll be good. Look I'm at that. Curious to check out uh, Myrtle Beach. I don't really get too many trips, and this is where we're going. I, so honestly, um, I think I think Myrtle Beach is going to be. You're going to as as someone who loves loves to observe social situations you're gonna oh, be in yeah. heaven oh yeah maybe maybe <laughs> yeah i'm gonna have a notebook full of uh, interesting observations uh hey we, maybe we could do tales tales from the road on uh on could. monday we could do that i'll be back sunday morning i'll be back and ready to rock um can we do some breaking news here or yeah. a little scuttlebutt so i live in washington dc where i have a bunch of friends and neighbors who are uh you know um Experts in sort of the nonprofit world, foundation world. They heard us talk about the player foundations, your player foundations. And they started looking into some things. They're texting me as we're recording. Form 990s, the Xander Shoffley Foundation. Uh, t- last year, 2021, bought a to- Toyota Tacoma. The Xander Shoffley Foundation of the Forum 9. So we're going to start looking around a little bit more at Mr. Shoffley, where we want this money. Toyota uh-huh. Tacoma. Now, it could be, a, you know, whatever. Drive the supplies or the kids. Who knows? But uh, it could be interesting as I'm getting well, images of the 990s texted to me while we record. Well, while we're here. While we're here. Toyota Tacoma for the Xander Shoffley Foundation. All right. While we're here. While we're here. Yep. You brought me back here. I wanted, I wanted to make another point. As I was, you know, was discussing this with a friend, and uh, and they illuminated something that I missed that I didn't I didn't think clearly enough about, and and this is you know we we don't know have clear confirmation, but it seems like uh, Mr. Cantlay was was very involved with um, with some of this um, you know wanting money it, it, where there's smoke there's fire right there, you know he's clearly disgruntled about things. And 20% of the money goes to the PGA Tour, right? But it goes then into like everybody's pockets. You know, pension. Yep. You know who has, who's one of the people that has like an outsized impact on how the PGA Tour is governed? Mr. Cantley, right now. Right? Yeah. What are, what is he doing? He's actually one of the few people that could change things. Yeah. Yeah, and he's resorting to these hatless bullshit. Well, let's not. Uh, would, uh, t- yeah, hatless thing may or may not be true. We'll see. But yes, yes, he's very upset about. Or I don't know. There's apparently that you know the subject compensation is a thorny one for them. Yes. Yep. So it's like this is one of the guys that could actually make a change. 
Right. Why doesn't he just go make a change? Because well, that's the boy of, the pack. One of several votes on the pack, which he's holding things. Or he's, you know, made his made his feelings known on that pack on many subjects. Right? Seems like over the years, maybe this. That is seems one. like the that yeah. seems like the forum to make a change. Yep. Yep. All right. I think that does it for this early Friday episode. I, I just want to be clear. He also, my friend says that at least they weren't paying anyone to run the foundation, which is, you know, a, that's a, kind that's of a common sugar, place. Yeah, sugar uh, deal where you pay some. And they gave at least 150K to the Northern California Golf Junior Golf Association. That's great. Year. But there is a Toyota Tacoma on there. So um, who knows what that's for? Could be for the foundation. All right. Um, Could be for the kids. Could be for, That's what uh, I'm saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're they're putting you know Gatorades they're in the back kid, of it from Costco. They're putting to, kids to, in the back yeah. of it, <laughs> driving around the golf <laughs> no. course in the Tacoma. No, uh, I think that does it. You good? This Friday episode, shotgun start another week. Thanks to AG One for their support of this episode. We will be back Monday. Uh, maybe worse for the wear. I don't know. I, I'm old now. I think I'm going to be taking it easy. We'll, we'll be good. We'll, oh, we'll come back. I'll Monday be from the road. Ed. I'll be on the road again. Oh, you are? Where are you going? Are you going to disclose I'm gonna your be at, uh, no? I'm going to be at uh, Tom Doak's Renaissance Cup at oh, uh, at the right. Lido. I'm pretty yeah, excited Wisconsin. about it. That's yeah. Right. that's. You'll uh, be there Sunday? Be, yeah. You're yeah. going to Chicago pray, and then up there? Okay. Pray, pray for me. Flying solo with the with the daughter. So you get the Lido and I get Myrtle Beach. Life full, life's full of choices, Brendan. It's fine. This, is, this is my neighborhood. I'm so excited. They're 50th. I'm so excited to play with all the guys in the neighborhood. It'll be a blast. Um, uh, just using that capital. I'm, I'm excited to get down there. It's going to be fun. All right. Everyone enjoy your weekends. We'll be back with you on Monday. 